Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. Well, it is so nice to be here, um, see so many familiar faces, and it's been a while, but um, uh, I guess uh, Casey's on retreat, and Wendy's doing the diamond approach, so uh, they asked me to sub. And I really am pleased for this opportunity today because I've been wrestling with the idea of, I like the phrase, the truth in ordinary things. I stole that from Winnie Nazarko, (laughs) a teacher I really love. Um, But more about, it's more the sense of seeing the sacred in the everyday. Um, And I was, I've been really curious about what leads to that. What helps us change the way we see things? Um, The image that really resonated with me that describes this comes from the movie American Beauty. I don't know if you remember that. Um, I took my then 15-year-old daughter to see the movie. She's now 40, which lets you know how old the movie is. Um, And she was so depressed by it, <laughs> she said, I'm never getting married. <laughs> she now has two kids. <laughs> um, but it was such an ama- I mean, such a, um, whoever did it, and I forget who did it, um, must have studied mindfulness in my mind because they, uh, dis- described sort of the uh, abyss of desire and uh, want and everything. But the image that really stuck with me was there was one character, a young man, who was, you know, his father was a big part of all the problems. And um, but he was filming a lot of what was going on around him and observing it. And one of the last scenes in the movie, he was playing a film that he had taken. And it was of a plastic bag in the wind, dancing in the wind. And here it was, I mean, a plastic bag, they're a scourge of the earth, right? (laughs) But the beauty of that bag floating in the wind 
I'll never forget. It, mm -hmm. it has stayed with me to this day. So to me, that describes what I wanted to find a way to say, how do we get there? How do we get there so that we can see uh, the beauty even in ugliness? So yesterday, because I didn't really know what to tell you about this, <laughs> except that I, I found a uh, YouTube lecture by Ram Dass. And I don't know the year he did it, but he was before his stroke. And uh, it w the title of the lecture was The Sacred in the Everyday. And he did a beautiful job of describing how we can get there. So that's what I'm going <laughs> to share with you today. <laughs> um, and uh, the subtitle of this book by Jack Cornfield, After the Ecstasy, the Laundry, <laughs> which was one of his first books. And uh, I mean, that says it too. And the subtitle is How the Heart Grows Wise on the Spiritual Path. So um, same, same thing. So Ram Dass starts with uh, the first thing most of us recognize is that how uncomfortable somebodyness, he calls it, is. In other words, all the things that this culture teaches us about the way we should be. Um, that we should be successful, that, he, you know, he described his parents, he needed to be a professional, um, and that just how uncomfortable often that feels, that somebodyness. He described it like wearing a tight suit that you just don't feel quite right in. <coughs> Um, and he just knew that something wasn't right, that there just wasn't an ease of being uh, in this life. Um, and he realized that thinking about life wasn't being with life, that uh, so often that's what we're doing, is thinking about it and not being with it. <coughs> so he said, and you know, a lot of this, uh, this has happened for a lot of us, is that he started meditating, and I don't know if it was in India or on a retreat or whatever, that he f had the experience of a state of consciousness where he did feel one with all things. And it was like, oh, this is it. <laughs> this is 
feeling at ease, natural, one with life, one with life. Um, but as often happens, uh, when you leave the retreat, you're back in it. <laughs> and he was saying, um, <clears throat> that uh, he used the phrase, uh, I'm really spiritual, don't bring me down. <laughs> <laughs> and that often there, a lot of us go through that period of time where we say, you know, how can I hang on to this? How can I maintain this? Um, where I got the phrase, uh, the truth in ordinary things, Winnie Nazarcos, really, I love the way she says it. She goes, it's sort of like looking for, uh, did I eat, uh, you know, vegan, and that's why I can maintain this state of consciousness? Did I... Uh, sit a certain way, looking for all the little tricks maybe that will keep you in that place of feeling the one with everything. Um, and then a lot of times people do use the path of renunciation to keep them in that place. You know, maybe if I uh, live like a yogi, I will always feel this. The irony is, is that it usually doesn't work. <laughs> and then Ram Dass said, one of his teachers said to him, that to realize freedom, you get it through your humanity, not in spite of it. So to realize your freedom, embracing being human, embracing form, um, Christ said, be in the world, but not of the world. But be in the world. Uh, that this body form that we are, you, you can't, there, there is that story about how the Buddha tried to starve himself and be an aesthetic and get rid of the body that way. And he finally realized when he remembered tasting an apple as a child that no, this isn't it. You don't get rid of form. You embrace form. Um, and Ram Dass is great about saying you, you have to embrace all the 
yicky stuff about form, like your personality, <laughs> that it doesn't go away, that uh, all your neuroses are still there. <laughs> and ironically, that it's through all of that that awakening actually happens. Um, and he talks about um, a period of time. Oh, I needed my About a period of time when a lot of people feel sort of an emptiness. In other words, all that fascinating drama of being a separate human being in the world, of uh, all the drama that our personality gives us, you sort of miss it. I mean, it's, uh, it's exciting. <laughs> uh, I wanted to read a quote from Ram Das. Oh, no, that's not it. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay, wait. See, I have these all by uh, date. Oh. Sometimes you experience a quality of dying or emptiness about life. It's scary because you built your whole game up. You saved all your money to buy a Mercedes-Benz. Then you buy a Mercedes-Benz. And after about a week, it's just another car. <laughs> When you spent years, oh, how can it be just another car? When you spent years buying a Mercedes-Benz. There's a real horror when meaningful stuff becomes meaningless and you are awakening. Real horror? Horror, yes, H-O-R-R, -R. yeah. <laughs> Now, I, I've heard about this from other teachers. Uh, Ajashanti talks about the dark night of the soul a lot. And um, it's, it's interesting. I, I can certainly say that I feel like I have experienced it, where... Um, the meaning that you had, you know, strived for, just like he said, uh, is meaningless. But you haven't quite gotten to the place where you're understanding how this process is evolving. Um, 
And Ram Das says that it is an important time because it is like a death. And we all know that uh, so much of this practice is about the moment-to-moment dying and rebirth and dying and rebirth. Um, But what does end up happening is that finally you can be with life just as it is. That you experience it as a phenomenon um, without a story about it. And that there you really can experience freedom through form. There's a freedom from identification with thought that um, you can be I love this phrase truth waits for eyes unclouded by longing because that's so much of what the philosophy is is that it is longing and desire that causes suffering and so that truth waits for eyes unclouded by longing What we end up seeing is that (coughs) there is a perfection in imperfection. I wanted to read so Jack Kernfield talks about ordinary perfection. In mature spirituality, we have to find perfection in non-perfection. The Zen founder, Zen Zan, teaches that enlightenment dawns only when we are without anxiety about non-perfection. We meet the world with our heart as it is, unafraid of its beauty and its blemishes. We find trust in the body, in emotions, in life as it unfolds. Our struggle to become someone different, to grasp after an imagined happiness, drops away. Uh, When I brought this topic to our Sangha in uh, uh, PV. Um, one woman, she always does research on our topics and brings in little nuggets. <laughs> so she brought in a book called The Sacred in the Everyday. Yeah. And a chapter in the book was about the Japanese phrase wabi sabi, <laughs> which means the beauty of imperfection. And it's something I didn't know, that there is a whole art 
form of Japanese art where they purposely put an imperfection in the piece. And she passed around a bowl that, where that had been done, that had a crack put in it. Um, but I love that. I love that. In fact, uh, some woman said, that is going to be my mantra. Wabi-sabi, wabi-sabi. <laughs> um, but that appreciation of the beauty of imperfection. So what Ram Dass, um says happens now is that you fall in love with the universe as it is. You fall in love with the universe as it is. Those of you who've read Ram Dass know that he is all about love. <laughs> Loving awareness is, uh, but <clears throat> that um, that the armor that protects the thoughts of the heart with thoughts starts softening, starts falling away. Um, that you really realize that I am what I am, and it's okay. That you appreciate and don't judge all the magnificence of form. Now, some of you may have read this poem by Thich Nhat Hanh. But boy, this really takes it to uh, quite a place. It's called Please Call Me By My True Names, Thich Nhat Hanh. Do not say that I'll depart tomorrow because even today I still arrive. Look deeply. I arrive in every second to be a bud on a spring branch, to be a tiny bird with wings still fragile, learning to sing in my new nest, to be a caterpillar in the heart of a flower, to be a jewel hiding itself in a stone. I still arrive in order to laugh and to cry, in order to fear and to hope, the rhythm of my heart is the birth and death of all that are alive. I am the mayfly metamorphosizing on the surface of the river. And I am the bird which, when spring comes, arrives in time to eat the mayfly. I am the frog swimming happily in the clear pond. And I am also the grass snake who, approaching in silence, feeds itself on the frog. I am the child in Uganda, all skin and bones, my legs as thin as bamboo sticks, and I am the arms merchant 
selling deadly weapons to Uganda. I am the 12-year-old girl, refugee on a small boat, who throws herself into the ocean after being raped by a sea pirate. And I am the pirate, my heart not yet capable of seeing and loving. I am a member of the Politburo with plenty of power in my hands, and I am the man who has to pay his debt of blood to my people, dying slowly in a forced labor camp. My joy is like spring, so warm it makes flowers bloom in all walks of life. My pain if like a river of tears, so full it fills the four oceans. Please call me by my true names so I can hear all my cries and laughs at once, so I can see that my joy and pain are one. Please call me by my true names so I can wake up and so the door of my heart can be left open, the door of compassion. <laughs> I mean, if we can get there, where Thich Nhat Hanh is, <laughs> uh, I think door of compassion that he calls it um, is clear. I mean, and, and that's what Ram Das wants us to reach to, too, is that uh, to be able to see the beauty in all things means that our heart is not armored by thought. It is open to everything. And that is what gives the beauty in the plastic bag. <laughs> um, so, how does the heart grow wise? Ram Dass says that what we're doing is stilling the mind, stilling those thoughts, and then the veil thins around your heart, and you appreciate the poignancy of being human. Open to the moment and to the sacred in the everyday. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.